0: Welcome to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast, where Christoph Trapp shares tips and tricks around marketing and is joined by experts from around the globe. Don't forget to check out his new book, Content Performance Culture, available worldwide on Amazon and on AuthenticStorytelling.net. Enjoy this episode.
1: Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp, your host of the Business Storytelling Podcast and author of Content Performance Culture. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Today, let's talk about small business marketing, and I'm joined by Corey Logaitis. Corey, thanks for joining us. Thank
0: you so much for having me.
1: So small business marketing, of course, is an interesting topic. We just talked about how to be less boring, and I was reminded to stop saying that. Uh, we want to be riveting, not less boring, but riveting with our content. And then we talked about how to write better copy. So let's talk about small business. I know there, there are plenty out there. I guess everybody who is starting uh, a company, they they started as a small business, right? Because it's just them.
0: Yes. And, and small business is fairly diverse. I mean, if I remember right, um, I believe that the, the total number of people could actually be 500 or more people. is still categorized as a small business. But in the realm that I work, I typically work with more mom-and-pop kind of family-run organizations. So you're looking at like 10 or less people.
1: 10 or less people, that's a good Mm -hmm. definition, especially that's very different from 500 people. Right, exactly.
0: Uh, Very different needs. (laughs)
1: Very different. So do these kind of companies, do they have people do marketing specifically or or who handles their marketing?
0: Well, a lot of what I hear when I'm working with small businesses is they don't necessarily need to market because everything is done via word of mouth, uh, which is a good thing. If you're getting word of mouth, that means that you're doing a great job in your business. But you can't always just rely on word of mouth only, especially when the market gets more competitive. And as the market starts to change, you know, everybody talks about disruption, you know, and one of the the largest challenges that I found, especially over the last 10 years or so, is when you have larger corporations like Amazon and, you know, other organizations that are starting to kind of eat into some of that mom and pop business, you know, opportunities where people are going into a storefront and buying a physical product and now they're doing it online ways that you can help manage that through your small business is through your marketing and communication efforts. So that's one of the things that I kind of strive to help small business owners with today.
1: You know, one of the things that drives me crazy about that statement, we don't need marketing because it's word of mouth. And that is literally marketing.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I know people say that to me as well. And then the other thing I always hear is, oh, it's going well enough. Um, The other day I had somebody say to me, oh, I run one ad um, over Christmas. And I've done that for the last 40 years or whatever, 30 years. And it's going just fine. So how do people figure, I mean, certainly the, the competition out there is unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? I was just reading uh, Mark Schaefer's blog post on uh, how he bought a telescope. And uh, he says, it's just, I mean, the, the options, they're endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, how do people uh, figure out that that they need to do more marketing or different marketing or like how, how can they notice that they're at that point?
0: Sure. Well, I think uh, you touched on something that I felt was really important when you had mentioned before, like, oh, I only run one ad and it works fine for me, right? So I think one of the biggest challenges, especially when it comes to small business is identifying, well, what exactly is it that you want out of your business? So you say it's fine. Does that mean you're okay running your business at the rate that it's at, that you're plateaued and you're not necessarily increasing revenue? Because in order to be able to increase revenue, you have to do something different over and above whatever it is you're doing today. Because otherwise, if the actions you were taking today were going to get you there, you'd already be there, right? So for a lot of small business owners, I believe it's kind of a, a mindset shift that, you know, you have to get very, very clear on exactly what do I want my business to be performing for me. And for a lot of the people that I work with, they, they started their, their small or their family business because they wanted to have the freedom and flexibility to spend time with their family, to make their own hours, to, you know, be in full control over their income. Yet they create these businesses that more or less end up running their lives instead of them running their business. So by being very, very clear on exactly what it is you want your business to achieve, you know, both in revenue and, you know, what you're delivering to your customers, then it's much easier to determine, okay, well, what do I need to change in my marketing strategy to be able to get me there?
1: And and so when we talk about marketing strategy, I mean, it could be anything, right? We're not just talking about social media ads. I mean, oh, it yeah. depends on mm-hmm. on what they're doing. That's
0: actually a, a really great point. So one of the things when I'm working with my clients in particular is, you know, most people when they come to me, they, they want to talk about social media. I do have a very large social media following. Uh, it's something that, you know, I've been able to access and I've been in the industry for probably 10 plus years on the digital media side. But what a lot of small business owners don't realize is it doesn't necessarily mean that social media is the right fit for your specific personality and your type of business, right? So a a few of my clients, one I can think of off the top of my bat when I had first met her, um, she was a real estate agent and she was trying to, you know, make it work on social media. But where she really shone was in face-to-face interactions, so instead, what we ended up doing was we started to, you know, kind of shift her focus off of the digital side and started to build out more strategies on the, you know, networking side, you know, so who can you meet in a networking, you know, organization that will put you in touch with the person that you really want to reach, you know, the person you can best service. And by being able to do that, again, it doesn't have to all be online. You could do a lot of stuff face to face. You can, you know, be doing speaking engagements, um, there are all sorts of different ways to generate uh, connections with customers that are offline in addition to being online
1: of course it's always interesting right when you do more and more um, online, especially when let's say you're the business owner of a small company, I assume you you are you will be the face of the company right so um, you're this personality online sometimes it can be hard for people right they're they're on when they're online and then like you can't actually do that eight hours in a day.
0: Right. No, exactly. You can't do that eight hours in a day. And there, what i found too is a lot of times if somebody's uncomfortable being on camera, then really having a YouTube channel or something like that isn't really going to work well for you. But you <laughs> may shine, for example, at a networking event, shaking hands with people and seeing people face to face. You know, it could be a completely different environment for you. But as a small business owner, you kind of have to test your limits, and see, OK, well, what, which way am I the most effective communicator? For some people, it may be writing. For other people, it may be visuals. Um, some, it may be storytelling, you know, telling stories about how they solve their customers' problems. But being able to figure out your own unique personality regarding you know, communication styles makes it that much easier for you to figure out a marketing strategy that's going to be more aligned with you and your business.
1: You know, and, and of course, that's a really good point. Of course, today, there's so many different channels. I mean, think about it. we're doing a podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do video, you can do live video, you can do live audio, which I still think is something that not very many people are doing for some reason. And I've seen fantastic results on the live audio um, front. Um, there's, uh, there's other things you can still write. Um, what else? Virtual reality, mm-hmm. right? If you have something that you can show that's visual. Um, so how do, so if you have 10 people who does typically do the marketing, is that the the owner or who, um, who leads that initiative?
0: In my experience, I found usually the owner will take, you know, that responsibility unless it happens to be like that they want to get involved with social media. And then they'll either assign it to their kid or they'll try to find a college student as an intern, um, because they don't understand it. Right. So it's easier to give it to somebody who's younger that understands the platforms, But one of the things that I found is, you know, you can't use social media like it's an online digital billboard, right? You have to be able to effectively communicate why people should want to be working with you and also be able to educate them on what they need to know before they work with you. So you have to have a very solid kind of content strategy before you start plastering your message all over the internet. And that's one of the things that I find that most small businesses struggle with, but don't really necessarily realize that it's a hurdle (laughs) up front. You know, which is one of the reasons why I've been trying to speak more and educate more on the small business side when it comes to, to marketing and digital in particular.
1: I, you know, and we're allowed to disagree on the show here, Corey, so feel free to disagree if you do. Okay. Uh, but I think it's just it's such a waste of resources if you only focus on social media, especially when you don't have any resources. And so the way I, talk, I think about that is you have the create once, publish everywhere, right? Uh, Throw the content in the parade. Don't just hire somebody who handles social media. How about your website? I mean, I know we've seen Google uh, search traffic. I think every single person I've worked with recently, they've seen search traffic drop, right, Mm -hmm. because of the recent algorithm. I don't think there's anybody who I've seen where it's gone up recently. So what do you do? Well, you don't just go, oh, we don't focus on the website anymore. We still should because now it's going back up um so how do you get that integrated strategy into people as opposed to uh focus on social media um and, and the other thing is hand, i mean i've seen all kind all age groups make social media work and still people out there are saying um oh it's the, we need a younger person to run our social media which um, you need somebody who knows the company and knows how to respond and knows how to
0: share content, in my opinion. Well, it's my belief that really the owner and the founder of the small business or any business for that matter is really the best one to be developing the content strategy because it's, they're communicating their vision, right? They're the ones that's the most passionate about it. You can assign that to an intern, but they're never going to get that level of energy, that a small business owner will get because it's not easy to be in business for yourself. There's usually specific reasons that people decide to start their business. You know, they want to provide a specific type of service and they want to have some kind of a purpose. And to be able to effectively communicate that online is really what gives most small business owners the edge, even over some corporate competitors, you know, if they can learn how to harness that correctly. But the, the biggest thing is learning you know, the skill set that you need, which really it's not that complicated to not be afraid of the platforms and to not be afraid of the platforms. And it involves you having to actually use them and participate in them. And most of the, the clients that I work with, too, you know, a lot of times they use it personally, but they don't think about how to use it for their business. And I find by being able to kind of, you know, shift their mindset regarding, how they represent themselves on the platform versus as their business as opposed to how they represent themselves as um, you know an individual, they need to kind of do it the same way <laughs> because people don 't necessarily want to interact with a you know a faceless company they want to interact with somebody that understands them that understands their problems and understands their needs, and they want to connect with a person that gets that so by being able to have that same level of kind of conversational Um, interactions with customers on your business page, you're going to get more engagement and you're going to show up higher in the algorithm um, just by making those connections. Because really, when it comes down to the algorithm, all any of the platforms want for us to do is to be able to keep followers on the platform and engaging. So the more successful you are at that, the more successful and the more visibility you're going to get.
1: That is a true statement. They want people to stay on the platform. I just did a article on um, YouTube cards, right? So Mm -hmm. you can add the little uh, calls to action. And most of the calls to action keep people on the platform. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Well, and then that was
0: another thing that you mentioned, too, that I wanted to touch on. So, you know, talking about focusing all your attention on social media isn't necessarily a smart move, because then, you know, Facebook and Instagram owns your audience and you don't own them. Right. So what a lot of small business owners need to get used to doing is having a call to action and encouraging people to sign up for your email list, because then from there, you no longer have to worry about having the algorithm work in your favor. If they make changes, you have a direct connection to that customer. Um, So having call to actions is not necessarily a bad thing, especially if in your email newsletter or in whatever type of communication that people are opting into that you're providing some kind of a value to them. So it could actually be used as a positive thing and not necessarily... I think a lot of small business owners, especially when it comes to online, they get tied up in how it comes across when they actually sell or ask for something. And so long as whatever it is that you're offering, you're not doing it every single day, like I said, the online billboard, which nobody wants, and that keeps people off the platform, right? Which therefore (laughs) um, lowers you in the algorithm and Facebook, Instagram, and and all the social media platforms don't like it. But if you're able to provide value and people are coming back and looking for that information yeah they're going to give you their email address and they're going to sign up with it and they're going to look forward to what you're sharing with them and eventually they're going to become a customer with you because they trust you
1: so what's interesting about that comment as well is the how does it come across right so the two Mm -hmm. examples that popped into my mind right away when you said that is one is i if you want people to sign up for your email make sure it's easy to sign up Mm -hmm. And, of course, the, the dreaded pop-up is one way to do that. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, depending how it's designed and the timing. But the other thing I've seen work is uh, you have the sign-up form on the top of articles. And it's so funny, Corey, because a lot of times people, like, the experts will tell me, oh, that is not an industry standard to do that or whatever. And I'm like, well, let's try it and see what the numbers show, right? And people actually sign up. Or you put it in the left sidebar instead of the right one. Mm-hmm. Um so test it. Don't just, you know, make decisions on, on one person's um, on one person's feedback that they gave you in the town square walking by in a hurry. Um, end of the day, though, it takes time. Right. So I agree The the owner needs to figure out a way to share what the vision is and, and what they want to do and why they want to do it. But creating content that's valuable actually takes time, right? Um, so what, what tips do you have? How can, how can business owners get that done? I mean, I, we just saw the article from Andy Crestadino. I don't know if he just published it or when he published it. But they said that the average blog post, which is still a good tool to get um, leads and SEO traffic, takes like over three hours to create. I mean, an owner can't take three hours to write a blog post,
0: Right. Uh, Nor should they. They shouldn't be. But then again, it's coming down to understanding, okay, well, what way are you as a business owner, the most effective communicator, right? So if writing is not Mm -hmm. your thing, then it may be easier to do a live on Facebook and just kind of talk. Um, So I'm a big believer of trying to be low tech. Don't try to be perfect. You know, your, your videos don't need to be beautifully edited as long as the content is on point. And if customers are finding value in education and the information you're providing them, they're still going to follow you regardless uh, whether or not you spent three hours to edit a video. Um, right. So I think it's, it's more getting clear on exactly what it is your customer needs to know before they become a customer of yours and being able to share that as part of your content. I also love, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk always says, you know, document versus create. So depending on the type of business and if they've never been in social media before and it's something that they're looking to try, that's something I usually try to encourage my clients to get into, whether it be, you know, documenting a a typical day at the office or if you're going to a trade show, you know, and showing what behind the scenes of the trade show looks like. People love that kind of behind the scenes look because, it, again, it puts a personality behind the company name and people connect to it better.
1: So, uh... You know, I don't know. Five years ago, we would say, "Well, everything still needs to be written, right?" Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way you ever get uh, indexed, mm-hmm. and that seems to be changing. I mean, I don't know if you saw that Meltwater recently rolled out a new feature hashtag Not Sponsored, mm-hmm. um, where they're they're um, monitoring brand mentions on podcasts, yep, sp- spoken, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so certainly we're seeing a move where more and more non-written content is indexed. Mm-hmm as well. But do you still, I mean, do you still think that businesses still should be writing something, whether it's through a ghostwriter, or uh, an agency, or whatever it might be? um, Or is that like, I mean, can we take it so far that when we pick channels, we really don't have to do all channels anymore like that?
0: Right now, in my my personal opinion, I don't think that's as important as it was years ago. Because again, Mm -hmm. the algorithms and stuff are changing video is king. Um, You know, they're prioritizing that. So a more effective strategy, I believe, especially if the whoever the the client or the small business owner is, that they're more comfortable, you know, speaking like on a podcast or doing a video or doing a live, and then they could strip the audio out of that and then turn it into a transcript, which then can become a blog post, you know, so it might take a little bit of work then to format it so that it correctly reads as a blog post. But that takes a heck of a lot less work than if you're not usually a writer <coughs> going through and mm-hmm. writing a post from scratch, you know, the, the bones well, are there.
1: Right. And you can certainly hire somebody to, to actually just write it for you. And mm-hmm. one thing that, that I do, and maybe even small business owners can uh, consider that, um, having partners on your podcast, if you go the route of a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've seen podcasts of people that I would have never thought they would become podcast hosts and, and their shows are pretty interesting. Yep. Um, So, you know, what I do is I actually, uh, not with every podcast, but a lot of them, I either write an article about the podcast, um, or I write an article that has one piece of the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not directly the the podcast. And then the other thing I started doing is, so even uh, this week, right, we had the show on how to be riveting, how to write better copy, and now you're taking it to the small business angle. Um, And I might just write one article from all three podcasts. Quoting all three of you, right? Okay. <laughs> so again, you know, there's many, many ways you can um, you can repurpose your content. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I totally would recommend not to do anything written. I know those things are advancing. I I can't tell how far they're, um how far ahead they are or when it actually will work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, on, on Apple you can search podcast audio. Mm -hmm. I have not been able to test it. And maybe it's just because it's, I don't really know what to search Mm -hmm. for.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, on the small business side, the larger Mm -hmm. hurdle is a lot of times if they feel that there's so much work up front, like you had mentioned before, you know, like, Oh, do I need to devote, you know, three hours a week? I'm trying to run this business and I'm also doing my marketing. They're wearing so many hats. If they're not going to take any action, as a result of believing that they need to be spending three hours to write a blog post, I would much rather have them just turn on a Facebook live and at least get something out there because that's still 100- an opportunity to connect with people that wouldn't be there. Had they not actually taken the step to, to put themselves out there.
1: hundred percent agreed. And there's always pockets of time where you can still do work when we didn't used to do work. And I'll give you an example. When I board a plane, right? I have 30 minutes basically to write mm-hmm. you know before the plane even takes off right um when i'm when i'm working out i can actually do some things while i'm riding a bike maybe not uh the tread run on the treadmill right but on sitting on the bike you can certainly uh, crank out something so there's always pockets of time to do uh to do content creation so let's talk about um the website how how important is a good website for small businesses and how do they Uh, Yeah, let's answer
0: that first, I guess. Uh, A website is everything because it doesn't matter how ingrained you are within your community. You know, your your website is kind of like your online storefront. And the way I usually Mm -hmm. like to explain it to small business owners is, you know, when you go to a restaurant, right, you want to go to a restaurant that is nice and clean and the, you know, waiters and waitresses are dressed, you know, appropriately and they're clean, obviously, and you, you know invest your money and your time in places that, you know, the, I'm trying to think of the right words to to describe this. You're investing your money in places where you know you're going to get the best experience, right? So it's the same thing online. So if a, a customer is down between you and your competitor across town and they see the competitor's website and it's up to date and, you know, showing like they very recently within even like the last year or so have, Uh, photos of their storefront, photos of their team, that it looks like it's up to date, more than likely that customer is going to go with your competitor versus you if it looks like you haven't updated your website since 1995. Uh, That's just the way it is. So, you know, and and another thing too, it comes to, like I had mentioned before, the hurdles, right? A lot of small business owners, they think, okay, well, in order for me to update my website, that means I have to get, you know, a professional web developer involved and it's going to cost me $5,000. Nowadays, there's so many resources online between, you know, Squarespace and WordPress and Wix and even GoDaddy. It has a great platform that you could go in and in a few clicks have a completely redone website and better yet be able to make changes on the fly as you need them yourself without having to have somebody come in and do it for you. You know, technology has advanced. That's actually made it easier for small businesses to have a strong web presence But it's a matter of knowing what's out there and, again, taking action to update your presence.
1: And, I mean, certainly even when you do it yourself, you're not paying with money, but you're paying with time. Right. Uh, But GoDaddy, I saw the other day. I have not used GoDaddy probably in, I don't know, 13 years or something. And um, they said uh, uh, create your website in under an hour. Yep. Um, Now, I, I don't know how good that website will look. But let's just pick on your website here for a second. So, uh, it's Corey C O R R I E L O dot com, right? Mm-hmm. That goes Corey Low. <laughs> Um Very user friendly. Instead mm-hmm. of the whole name, um, that's easier for you to remember. So, when you look at her site, right, it's very clean. Immediately it establishes her as the expert, as seen in Elite Daily, Girl Boss, blah blah blah. There's like eight things on here. Mm-hmm. Um, very very. Um, skimmable and i have no idea if people come to your home page or if they enter through other pages Mm -hmm. but um and then of course you know if you want to work with her it's not like hiring her apply apply today so it's almost a privilege to work with you Mm -hmm. so anyway i mean look at that make your website um you know establish yourself as the expert and um, make it easy to read and this is really easy to read and very Mm -hmm. easy to skim most people certainly skim a lot today
0: Sure. And, you know, one of the things that I work with my clients on, on the small business side, since most of them are, you know, opting to make the changes and do the web development themselves, is we, you know, by getting very clear on who your target audience is, it's then easier to create the copy for your website and demonstrate through your about page, through, you know, your homepage, what, you know, benefits you provide through your service to really speak to that, that, you know, end customer that you're looking to reach and you better convert um, you know, through action there too. So we talked very briefly about call to action on social media. Call to action is just as important on your website. You know, so the reason I have that, you know, apply pages because, Hey, you want to work with me here, click this button to apply. I'm telling the customer exactly what they need to do in order to take the next step with me. A lot of, especially in small business, because this isn't really like, it's not something that I notice that, you know, people really teach on, Uh, in terms of developing web copy for conversions on the small business level. But it's so important. Every single page should have some kind of a call to action on what you want the customer to do, whether it's read this blog article or call my office and speak to, you know, Katie, or whatever that might be, you know, within your process. But you have to be very, very clear on what your specific processes are, what you're delivering to your customer and the benefits of why they should be working with you.
1: Yeah. And I definitely agree with that. The website should be Uh, should be the centerpiece. And then, of course, you know, once you launch it, make sure uh, it it gets updated. And, you know, updating websites is just a never-ending battle. Honestly, the more articles you have or or, um, pages, right, the more Mm -hmm. work that is. Yes. Great. What other tips did we forget to mention, Corey? Anything else that uh, is worth sharing?
0: Well, I have a a free resource that I could provide if that's okay. I wasn't sure if it was all right to mention it. So, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, personality and marketing and whether or not you should be on social media or, you know, if you're more of a face-to-face person that you should be on camera. I created a really fun five-question personality quiz specifically for marketing that people could find at coreylo.com backslash marketing personality. And it'll basically take your specific personality traits, what type of business you're in and what you're looking to accomplish and recommend the best style of marketing for your small business.
1: Very interesting. Um, how, how hard is it for people to, um, to have personality?
0: I, I think a lot of it is, I think it's very, very difficult. And it's not just for small business owners. I think that a lot of, you know, corporate competitors also feel the same thing because there's this pressure to be perfect online. Mm-hmm. And really, in all actuality, it's the brands that are imperfect that really create those connections, because they're more personable, they're more real, people relate to them better. So for a lot of folks, when you're able to really deliver your brand authentically online, those are the ones that make the most connections and see the most success.
1: You know, I just thought of that as you were talking about that is maybe part of the reason it is so hard for people to have personality is because what they, when they hear that, they see the people attending vitcon in costumes you know the the youtube creators mm-hmm. um that's it's like the extreme right, right. But we're not talking about you don't have to wear a costume and have a dance-off in the office to have personality you just have to have a specific personality that works for you and your audience
0: right and your personality is actually your best asset because your personality is what makes you different than all your competitors Right. So you guys, you could be offering the same thing as multiple other people, but people will want to work with you because they like you <laughs> over your competitors. And if you're able to effectively showcase that personality online or even in your face to face or other types of traditional media, you're going to be able to connect with the right audience for you. And it's going to be a better experience both as a small business owner and for the clients, because everybody wants to work with people they like. Right. So it's really, really helpful to be able to attract the best audience for your business.
1: Yep. And that's what everybody's after. Corey, where can people find you?
0: Uh, best place to find me is Corey It's my website. C-O-R-R-I-E-L-O. And you can also find me everywhere on social media. I'm on YouTube. I have a show and a podcast myself. I've got um, Instagram, Facebook, and my uh, handle for all of those is at I am Corey Lowe.
1: But not LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. How? Come? Not currently. Uh,
0: that's a long story. Um, my LinkedIn, I haven't updated yet. I before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was running my family's business for over 15 years, and mm-hmm. we worked in uh, distribution with large Fortune 200 telecom companies. <laughs> and um, with that said, I never transitioned my page there to what I'm currently doing today. And I am still involved in the family business on some level. So I've been trying to kind of figure out how I brand all that on that platform, just due to the connections I have on there due to my prior career.
1: <laughs> Got it. it. I mean, just no judgment. It's just interesting to see different strategies yeah. and, and how, how they're unfolding. What is a uh, uh, Corey low radio is the podcast. Yes.
0: Corey low radio is a podcast. And then it's the same content is on YouTube as the Corey low show.
1: As a video Mm -hmm. version. Awesome. Corey. thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Hopefully these tips on small business marketing were interesting and helpful. Until next.